Hey everybody, this is episode 9 of the Undoing Podcast. We've got a really juicy episode for you this week, but it may not be suitable for all ears. So if you have small children listening, you may want to pause and listen at a different time. So get ready. We're talking about, you heard it, sex. Hey everybody, we're back. Um, I'm Janelle, obviously. I'm with Brendan and David hey. and Alex. Hi. And we have two special guests, Whoop. Ashley Whoa. Menressa and Gabriel Castellanos. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Tonight, we're going to be talking about sex, which everybody, yeah. ow, ow. everybody's been very excited My about this. subject. Well, you know what? Um, I think it's everybody's favorite subject. We bring so. it up all the time. <laughs> Sex sells. <laughs> this is probably going to be our most listened to podcast. What should we title it? But watch Something it really not be. like clickbaity. Hmm. Say tintillating. Is that what you said? We get clickbaity. Oh, I thought you said okay, so before before we get started, I want to let everybody know since this is about sex, this is going to pretty much be PG thirteen, if not R. So if your children are listening, turn it off and listen to it later, or put your headphones in because yes. it's not appropriate for children, probably. Yes, we will give you mm-hmm. five seconds to do that now. Yeah, go ahead. And you're turning it off. Up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Um, I know that my kids are not going to be listening to this one yet. No, maybe one day. Could you imagine listening totally to your different. parents' sex podcast? Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that actually is what I want to start with. They'll be 12 um, in a few months. Just saying. Oh my gosh. I know, that's really scary. That's sad. So my first question for everybody here, if you feel like sharing, you don't have to, but what is your, um, what was your background being raised? What was sexuality like in your home when you were growing up? Hmm. Um, I'd like to start with <laughs> Brendan. Ooh, you're the big winner. Yeah, Brendan, tell us. What was, what was, what was, your, what was your first view of sexuality as a kid? Um, how was it portrayed by your parents and family life? Like, what was that mm. like growing up? Well, my parents are very private. They were very private. And so it wasn't really talked about very much. Um, they weren't really even like physical, like kissing and hugging hands a lot in public. Hugging like, hands. Hugging hands. <laughs> well, did I just say that? Sorry, I'm not feeling that great. It sounds um, sensual. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, they're very, they're still, they're very private people. So um, it's, it's what the evangelicals do. <laughs> <laughs> I, really wish, I really wish we were doing like a wow. Facebook Live or something right now because our facial expressions and hand gestures throughout this is going to be quite funny. <laughs> That's true. Okay, <laughs> continue. Okay. Anyway. So, I'm so glad you chose me to go first. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were very private, so I didn't really um, have a really a view of it at all as a young child. And I think... Would I'm you f- say that you had a healthy example, portrayal, whatever? Of sex? Of sex. And intimacy. Um, probably not. I wouldn't say it was like unhealthy. It just wasn't existent. So when it did with the when I my first um, when it was introduced to me or when I found out like about sex even was in a very unhealthy way because it was through you know a cousin who introduces pornography and that's kind of like your first thing and or you know like even tells you about it like he, uh, that's how I found out about sex was through a cousin who told me about it so it's like 
and he was my age, so you know, I don't know how accurate. <laughs> well, I guess I know now how accurate. <laughs> At the time, I didn't, because I just believed whatever. I was like, oh wow. So, I think um, I think it was very definitely not the healthiest because I think it's healthier to have a good view. I think the best situation is to for it to come from parents in a good like teaching about it in a good way from your parents um so when that's That's not ideal that's ideal but but i doubt i don't think i don't know it'd be interesting to know how often that really happens it didn't happen for me um and you know i don't like i don't really blame my parents or anything for it i just i think that they did the best that they could with what they had and how they were raised um so i think yeah it was i was definitely not introduced in a healthy way because you know pornography is not a good uh view of sex you know it's not realistic so you know i've had to deal with that throughout my whole life growing up because of that you know because it wasn't um you know done i think the ideal way or whatever but i think a lot of people i don't know i think that's unfortunately especially for young boys that seems to be a common thing where that's kind of when they're first introduced it's like either friends at school or you know people that you don't want your kids to be hearing from sex for the first time from you know they're the kids that are whatever the curious or whatever they've been they might have been through you know they may have been molested or something and that's how they experienced it so they tell you about it like that and so um it's very interesting but yeah that would be mine david what do you, what was yours like uh very much ditto um <clears throat> I was gonna, if I was gonna summarize, I was gonna say, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Mm. Um, it wasn't, I don't know if it was necessarily that my parents didn't try to make me feel comfortable, but I didn't feel comfortable bringing anything up with them. So I was pretty much figuring things out on my own. And yeah, didn't come out, didn't, it wasn't really openly discussed until I got caught. So nice. Yeah, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> I think that's probably pretty common, like an unhealthy. But I mean, like our parents only teach us what they know to teach us, right? So, what was it? Was yours very different, Alex, or no? Um, mine was different in the sense that I was raised by a single mom, so I didn't really have mm. any example of intimacy. Uh, but we grew up in this very straight-laced, right-wing, conservative church where abstinence was very much encouraged uh, no sex encouraged? before marriage okay the only demanded. options demanded. <laughs> demanded we weren't even allowed to go to like you know where they have sex ed in elementary school mm-hmm. my mom would sign us sign a waiver saying i don't want them to participate because she wanted to be the one to teach us so we learned about sex through these christian picture books mm. yeah. and yeah. it was it was <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I, I have a visual. Oh, you had a VHS. Yeah. Where did you oh get that? Yeah, but it wasn't about sex. It was about anatomy. Well, yeah, it had anatomy. What would that be? Like it was a cartoon. Fifth grade. Such like, a that's Christian like elementary upbringing. Oh, my goodness. School, right? It was like elementary school. school. I do. I just remembered that, but it was like a cartoon. I think it was Christian-based, though. And yeah. it was like a cartoon. It just shows you boy and girl. And it's it probably was... made by the same people who made this uh-huh. book. So my picture of... There's only <laughs> one company that does it. <laughs> God. I, I, I think so. There was and, a whole um, industry. There was a whole industry. I don't want to make any comments about what the anatomy looked like in this book. <laughs> Because Not it would realistic. take us into the R-rated version, um, but they don't shave. Oh, I <laughs> oh, so it's from I the should, 70s. I do. I need to. I want to note. I do need to note that um, 
David, Alex, Brendan, and myself were all born in the nine the eighties, and were in during adolescence were in the nineties. So that was during like the whole purity movement the in peak of the, the yep. yeah in the um in the church. Yep. So we all kind of grew up with that. Because David, even though even though you had kind of like an unhealthy like, um, and Brendan yeah, view from your parents, church, you knew church, from the, the church like what they taught about, you. you know, yeah. So right. there was like books like I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and there was right. what was the other one? Every Young Woman's Battle was uh-huh. one that I read about like saving yourself for marriage, and also just to add to it, I went to a Christian high school, and um, we had Purity Week every mm-hmm. every semester. A whole week, a whole week dedicated to purity, to not sex. virginity <laughs> rings. Virgi- yeah. Oh, I had a I had a purity ring. Mm-hmm. I lost that I, ring after a week. <laughs> <ironically. laughs> <laughs> much like David. Um, that unhealthy upbringing or lack of freedom to talk and ask mm-hmm. questions mm. and ask why and not just be told that this we is, don't yeah. do this this yeah. is the way god wants it um i ended up uh getting caught by getting pregnant <laughs> and so yeah Can't yeah that. no even even Can't with all that. of that teaching and the plethora of you know little videos that show you know flowers being destroyed Mm-hmm. And things like that, telling us that we're like damaged goods, that didn't stop us from fooling around. No, no. So right. it was because of lack of being able to ask questions and be comfortable about those kinds of things mm-hmm. that led us to sneaking around or right. hiding. Well, it it, it peaks the curiosity, right? Exactly. Which it is becomes when you're a really teenager. forbidden fruit, which mm-hmm. just makes it more enticing. Yep. Which yeah. I think, like now, today's generation. Hi, this is Gabe. Oh, hi, Gabe. Hey, Gabe. what's up, guys? <laughs> so, um, Gabe and Ashley that, were born in the nineties. Yeah, so that's yeah. what. So we're gonna see a little bit of. I I'm curious to see like you guys' view of it because I I think. It's gotten a little bit healthier because you guys are what fifteen years younger than us, about 15, 14, 15 years young, yeah. younger than us. Not that much. Wow, yeah, gosh, she's twenty really old, and I'm thirty-four. <gasps> she's thirty-five. Yeah, I'm Wait, not thirty-five. We 34. could be. We could be your mom yeah. if we were. You're and you're still thirty-three. Um, Janelle's twenty years older than me. Oh, shut your I'm mouth. Just kidding. Oh wow. <laughs> she's only ten years older. That's I just really like. Yeah, only ten years. It's I'm like ten or twelve. I was more talking about Ashley. I appreciate that I look so young. That's my Spanish yeah. skin. Like, yeah. Because I feel like I feel like, like Ashley's like my little sister, but really she could be my daughter if I was <laughs> if I was really promiscuous at fifteen years old. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we're gonna see some contrast in this conversation, which I think will be kind so, of interesting. Yeah. But my okay, so I didn't say mine. Oh right. Sorry. And then I'll go to theirs. But so mine, I honestly I feel like I had a very um my parents were very sexually healthy um as far as I knew growing up and my mom especially was very open with us about explaining everything and we were allowed to ask any questions that we wanted so as far as that goes I feel like it was I had a very healthy sexual upbringing however I was first exposed to pornography when I was like three years old because we lived with my grandparents and my grandfather had it all over the place so it was kind of one of those things that like my mom really couldn't do anything about it except educate us so i think actually it worked to my benefit um during my like childhood years and young teenage years however the older i got the more it was like you're not allowed to date people or you're not allowed to do certain things and so then i would Mm -hmm. sneak around and even to the point and it was mostly not even so much my parents but mostly like church my leaders at church Mm -hmm. were very much like 
um, you need to cover yourself and you need to act a certain way and you need to not do this and you're not allowed to feel this way and that's wrong. And so then it kind of she developed feel like, very early. No, I didn't. So, yeah, you did. No, I I was. No, I didn't. Oh, I guess I forgot. <laughs> she was on her own development. <laughs> Brennan's known me you since I was twelve. He does. Right. He does. I watched the whole development process. He knew exactly what he wanted to be. What, what you probably mean <laughs> is that I was very boy crazy. <laughs> Oh yeah, you would definitely. And I was she dated all my, bo- my, my boyfriends, all my friends. I all my friends. I was very comfortable around boys, maybe yeah. because I was more educated. I don't know, because I could ask so many questions. But um, I was always boy crazy. I always had a boyfriend, and um, there was I was always chasing boys, always. So, and I and now you still are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now, now they're just three little ones in a different way. <laughs> different oh, way. I'm still boy crazy, um, just in a more healthy way. But I think I, I was probably that's probably where I developed um, my unhealthy like relating to them, like needing their approval mm-hmm. and doing things to get their approval. And then my first relationship, like real relationship, was very unhealthy because I just like you know I needed it. And so I pretty much let him abuse me thinking that was okay. So that's where it kind of got a little messy Mm -hmm. for me. But anyhow, so yeah, um, let's go to Ashley and Gabe and see what was yours like. Like what you just said. um, Get really close. I can relate with a little bit. Like I was boy crazy too, but not enough that I like acted on it. And like I didn't Mm. really, I haven't dated anybody like before Gabe. And, um... I always, I always liked but yeah I always kind of like when I liked somebody I like wanted them to like me but not enough to like change who I was to like make them like me but I just secretly like wanted them to mm-hmm. kiss me and to mm-hmm. like I was pretty or whatever um, and growing up I feel like my parents always gave me um, like I always felt safe talking to them about anything but I think just growing up Catholic, it was just very, like, ingrained in my mind that, like, premarital sex is not okay, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. I, like, growing up, I was always the type of kid that it was right or wrong, and that was it. There was no, well, what if I do this? You know, there was no, like, if it's right, okay. If it's not, I won't do it. You know, it was kind of just black and white for me growing up as a kid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't have boyfriends, so I didn't really have like a chance to kind of like do anything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Gabe? <laughs> well, <laughs> I had a couple comments. You were girl crazy. Uh, <laughs> I remember my first encounter with you was talking about a girl. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so unlike my beloved other half i was not so fortunate (laughs) to just find love in the person i was supposed to be with uh right away um i was actually and it's funny because 90s was like that whole you know purity movement what year were you born 95 Uh, i was conceived and born in the middle of it all and i was conceived my parents were probably like 1994 (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they weren't like officially completely married and they got pregnant. And so it was like, oh, well, everybody's sh- shoving it down their throats that they should be pure, at least on my mom's side. My dad was going through his own spiritual journey at that time. Um, but, you know, they were they raised me, you know, the right way. You know, they were there. They supported me through everything, you know. 
Um, and it's just, I remember at a very early age, uh, being exposed to, uh, to just to sex, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I was in aftercare um, and I had all different types of people around me, different types of parents, different families, different upbringings that were around me, those products, which are those children. And so I remember as early as first grade that there was boys that were in my class for aftercare telling me that, you know, oh, if you don't have sex, you're not a real man. Or like, you know, you know you, you, wow. I'm like, so, or I had a neighbor who was the oldest and there was three boys and it was a huge age gaps. So I remember, you know, he would be having sex in the house and these guys were like in third, fourth, fifth grade and the youngest ones like mm. in kindergarten, first, second grade. And they're all talking oh about gosh. sex. And so then I, I remember very um, like vividly uh, driving with my parents we were in my the new bug it was a 2000 volkswagen beetle oh driving <laughs> um going home from i don't know i don't remember where but we we're driving home and i just said um you know hey this is what happened at school today and they're like really and i was like yeah what is sex what is that and i just remember getting the talk and they told me very early on um well i mean obviously they they used they were limited on the knowledge they gave me in second grade. Don't think I knew the whole thing <laughs> right, right in second right. grade. Yeah. It wasn't like your, but mom, your mom's an elementary ed too. So she well, yeah, she's a she's a teacher. She was a nurse at the time, so she knew. And you know, she was f- very familiar. And like I said, like you know, they they had me before they were married, technically. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. knew, and they knew the importance, and they were Christians, new Christians, and they knew they learned from the mistakes of my mom growing up Catholic, and then my dad kind of coming from a very conservative household like not conservative like right wing but like conservative is in like very to themselves mm-hmm. and we keep it locked up um but yeah i remember you know getting that talk and then open mm-hmm. the whole rest of the time and it worked out in my benefit because i wasn't around like nobody ever told me it was you know it's it, it's gonna bite you it's gonna like hurt you it's gonna do anything to you um they told me the consequences and then I remember again having that conversation with my mom and dad, and they're like, "Listen, you have sex. Sex is is before marriage is a sin, and like that this is what God says in the Bible, and blah blah blah." And but they gave me the realistic side. It's like you're gonna you're gonna have these urges, you're gonna have these desires. If you do have sex, use protection. That's what it's there for. Don't think it's gonna protect you 100 percent because you could still get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And at the same time. You know, we're going to love you and care for you exactly the same way, no matter what happens or what Mm -hmm. outcome. But I did have a lot of people from church that would kind of like be like, oh, this is wrong and do this and do that. And you should never do this. And your your V card, you should always have that with you or whatever it is. And, you know, all the little expressions that they try and say. I heard that eye roll all the way over here. Yeah. And I. I, I, (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, no, that's actually a point that I really want to get at, because I think since we're undoing things and we're undoing uh, the church's view of sexuality mm-hmm. and promiscuity, basically, right. mm-hmm. sex before marriage, that kind of thing, um, that is a common theme in churches. They either don't talk about it mm-hmm. or it, it's like they, they, yeah, they sweep it under the rug or they make you feel like you're damaged if you mm-hmm. do have sex before you're married. Yeah. Yep. And to me like this is personal this is like my personal belief i'm not saying that this is biblical mm. i'm saying that it is not a deal breaker for god it is not the biggest deal of all deals to if you have sex before you're married you're damaged goods that's not mm. true and i think that would be my like biggest point i want to get across to like um young people mm-hmm. or really whoever mm-hmm. 
not just young people everybody i would kind of also like to add like also because for me growing up it was dating i was girl crazy i needed to have a girlfriend like i I was in it for the title because everybody else had one i was very low self-esteem so i would take anybody so my track record is not great (laughs) um i was abused emotionally i was abused um, mentally you know a lot of wrong done to me but when i got older i did it back you know because i had a chip on my shoulder i really didn't care so i would womanize and i look back and if i could i'd punch myself in the face because that's not how you should treat women but i didn't know and i at, by that age i wasn't comfortable going to my parents mm-hmm. and i wasn't comfortable even though they knew because your parents know when you're watching porn or something and you know you're off by like they know but like i wasn't comfortable being like i'm openly honest with this mm-hmm. but it came to a point where i had to because if not i was gonna combust and all of that, all the dating, all of the hurt, all the brokenness, all of that just made me feel like damaged goods. But I will say that I was lucky enough that when I did come to my parents, they told me that is the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge thing that the church has to constantly do. I never got it from a lot of the church people that I was with. But there was a couple instances where I would feel like I was looked at as damaged goods. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, one of the reasons why I was so thankful for you and Brendan was because my first encounter with you guys was asking Brendan about relationship advice about some crazy girl. And <laughs> while though I was, you know, I love you, Ashley, but while, <laughs> I remember it. I remember. Well, yeah. So it's like, you know, it was about while I would come and it would be a different girl or whatever the case may be. And it was another bad relationship. That was never looked at or judged on, mm-hmm. on damaged goods. Or I was never like, thought of any differently and now i look at my past and what i'm in currently and what the future god has for me and i look at it as not a i'm not ashamed of it i'm Mm -hmm. i think of it as a testimony and i tell young people all the time like you're not right so don't think you are you tell young people like you're so old. my mom being an educator i know that how crazy it is now that kids in elementary school at fifth grade yeah. and sixth middle mm-hmm. school they're doing it now so it's like yeah i know i have to we have to sign the papers every year and i think about it and i'm like you know what i mean we're going to be open and talk about it in our home no matter what but they do need to you know know what's out there mm-hmm. so i always sign yes you can go to the classes you can go to whatever because the more information that you have the better off you are absolutely so i think the key is being open at home right yeah that is so big that is important and if you can't be open at home there's always somewhere that you can go and hopefully it's with people with good moral compasses Mm -hmm. um that are gonna like give you good advice on it but yeah i think i just i i i know what the bible says about sex before marriage what the bible says about sex and that's not debatable. I think how we view it, personally, I feel like sexuality altogether is a heart issue, mm-hmm. not just a physical issue. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you really are pursuing like a whole life and you're pursuing a healthy heart, then the sexuality part is just gonna like fall in line. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just a personal belief, but so like my advice to like young people who haven't had sex yet or they're thinking about having sex with whoever whether it's like a long-term relationship or whether it's just a fling Mm -hmm. if you don't know your heart it's probably a bad idea to engage in anything Mm -hmm. however if you do that if you choose to go down that road and sleep with whoever or even just 
have one sexual partner that you're in a long-term relationship with but you're not married to um it's not it's not going to necessarily damage you but there are definitely some repercussions and some consequences yeah. that you're gonna have to deal with just oh, yes. like with anything any any choices you make there's consequences yeah so yeah i just want to change my thing i just want to change how the church and christians communicate that to people mm-hmm. because any kind of sexuality whether you're homosexual or you're straight or you're a sex addict or whatever it's a safe place mm-hmm. to come and talk to a christian about it yes because we all struggle with those things we're all sexual people mm-hmm. sex is fun it's really fun it feels good we all love it <laughs> otherwise <laughs> this wouldn't be a big topic of conversation yeah <laughs> but <laughs> everybody's doing it everybody's i think this is it. right now probably the best time <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wait not everybody but no i i think that right now especially with if you look at the world and where it is right now this is the time for the church to speak up and be like this is how you really should like give the real view not some 1970s illustrated book version or whatever Mm -hmm. give an actual point of view and reference because that is going to make a huge difference whether it's a believer or non-believer because we suck at that like christians have a bad reputation on that yeah well it has to be a conversation not just a let me tell you what to do and what not to do because that doesn't really work with anybody especially young people if you tell a young person that of course they're going to want to try something or whatever mm-hmm. but if there's a conversation behind it which that's that's the area that i think christians in the churches you're right has done a really poor job at because it has been all about what well, the bible says so so just don't yeah. you right. know and there's mm-hmm. very little um room for conversation about it i don't know why maybe because of fear or whatever we, we want to control we want to make sure our kids aren't having sex and you know getting stds or getting pregnant mm-hmm. at too young of an age so we want to control the situation mm-hmm. so we make it i guess fear it's really fear-based like it's a lot of fear mm-hmm. and they, they just and kind of shame-based too mm-hmm. yes and that's so not god like that's not really God at all. So I, I think how even, we got there. Yeah, but I think even the purity movement when it came around, I I was um, just having a conversation yesterday about it, and we were talking about like how somewhere in like the '90s, Christian parents got the idea that they needed to protect their kids, like mm-hmm. against all odds, to mm-hmm. keep them from having sex before marriage. So it was it was like okay, we have to do it this way, and so then it just became really popular when it hadn't actually been tested mm-hmm. or proven that this was a good idea and it was really just a bad idea yes <laughs> yes yeah so i mean i cuz i can remember the conversations i had as a teenager with adults not my parents but adults like christian adults that were very much like um it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong mm-hmm. just don't do it it's wrong and it's kind of like, well, but, really make you feel but like are you going to tell me why? And like, and right. I, re- well, yeah. I think, I think right. that they were, they right. were drilling into our heads virginity mm-hmm. under the definition of purity when it, it wasn't. And virginity and purity thing. are quite different. You, listen, yes. you, could have, you could be a virgin all your life and be the most unpure person ever. Me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> that was me before, like, and I'll say the... Dude, it's all of us. It's everybody. If you're not like me. Us, and like Who's right now, pure among us? Right now no, is the time, like I was saying, is the time that the church needs to get their act together on this because there's so many other ways 
the churches want to have a conversation, I guarantee you that that 12-year-old, 13-year-old, that, that, that kid that you're trying to, like, avoid the conversation with the right way is going to go anywhere else. Oh, yeah. You know, to get that. There's they so many other unhealthy. Even, you don't even have to go somewhere. You just you have don't. to go to school. You just go, go to mm-hmm. school. Or go your on your phone, phone, on your computer. Yeah. And it's like, if parents, you know, parents are always Not like. good places. Parents are always like, oh, I, this this about my kid. And I'm like, okay, what conversations are you having with them? Because I don't see it when I, I see it when you drop them off. Or I don't see it when I look at the students in my mom's classroom. I don't see it when I'm walking down the street and I see a group of teenagers. Because, you know, it's like they're not having those conversations and mm-hmm. then you wonder and you complain about and i'm like just sit down with your kid and talk to them and be real with them and not be so taboo scared because my parents did that for me and that's why right now i'm in the position where i am where i know the reason why waiting for the right person whether you're christian or not is so much more worth it than having multiple partners why health reasons why it's it's important to be safe on that so it's like just have a conversation with your kid. I don't understand. You talk about you run their ear <laughs> off about everything else. <laughs> yeah, it takes work. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's uncomfortable and you, sometimes. Yeah, like it's it's, uncomfortable. it's not the most comfortable thing. I remember. I'm still having not. To no, talk I know with we Ezra did. Yeah, that conversation because we always got the advice that you because I always wondered like when do you start talking to your kids about sex mm-hmm. and it's when they start asking questions about it. Mm-hmm. However. Our oldest is never going to ask questions about that. He is very private and quiet and shy, and that's just not something that he's going to ask about. However, he loves dinosaurs so and lizards, and I think his question was talking about how they mate. And so then I was like, well, that's a question about hey. sex. <laughs> so the there door you go. For that. Hey, Brendan, yeah. I'm going to go inside. You have a good talk. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. Was that. Fun. <laughs> it no, was, but it was he funny. got it and he understood. Yeah. And thankfully, I was pregnant with our youngest at the time. So it was kind of like, and that's why mommy's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't freak him out too much. <laughs> no, no but it, it's kind of like yeah, a right. realization. And then like any, any conversation that I've had with him about like pornography or healthy sexuality or anything like that it just kind of comes naturally and normally he always turns the conversation because he doesn't want to talk about that with me but at least he knows it's safe mm-hmm. so right. anything goes you talk to me about anything it's fine yeah but <laughs> awkward nonetheless <laughs> yeah but i appreciate it so much because coming from the opposite where i didn't have that like i said like i want my kids to i think it's so much better for them to feel safe and feel like they mm-hmm. can talk to us and that it's not like some taboo weird thing because right. i think that's the other thing that makes you more curious about it and gets you into trouble because no one's talking about it and they're making it seem like this secret club yeah thing. right so mm-hmm. when it's a more healthy conversation and more real and, and just you like, remove the shame from it yeah because a lot of right. times it's i'm all shameful. about removing shame yeah. Yeah, that's right. No shame. No shame. Ooh, sorry, I'm bouncing the table and sounds going all over the place. <laughs> Brendan's about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> it's okay. I'll try to edit it out. <laughs> okay, so now that we've gotten the nitty gritty out of the way, um, we've asked some college kids some questions Ooh. if they have any questions actually about sex and and, and these kids are in their early early twenties, late teens. Yeah, Mostly maybe. early 20s. Early 20s. Um, so the most popular ones are, is premarital sex a sin? Um, Brendan, would you like to answer that? Oh <laughs> or do, should we just jump in there, whoever wants to answer? Let's just jump in. Well, I mean, the Bible. Disclaimer, we have no answers. Like, <laughs> yeah, <right>? Don't believe anything <laughs> we say. No, I mean, you said it earlier. I mean, as believers, we believe 
in the word of God and that it's true. And that it is, is for very a man and a woman, clear like that the Bible says it's married. for a, a man and woman, that they, they leave their parents and become one flesh with each other. So it's clear for us. I think where, you know, it gets difficult is for those who don't believe, you know. They I have to make a, an observation. Okay. 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 So my Observe. observation is when a man and woman remain faithful to one another, only to one another, and they only have sex with one another, this removes sexual diseases and pregnancy is in a a more stable environment environment mm. yes those are my two observations Assuming those are don't great observations however inherited you disease. cannot find those those two things in any other sexual relationship like right. if any other yeah scenario yeah and i can vouch for that because i had a pregnancy outside of marriage and um i did not end up marrying that partner um and it resulted in a whole lot of heartache it was a very mm. emotionally abusive and i'm telling you the amount of turmoil that you kind of go through there's a reason that mm. god yeah puts yeah. those things in place and says you know that's the amazing so that's why that's my it. thing that's it's not an argument it's just an observation right. because so many people will say like anything goes mm. just like in corinthians where it says like all things are permissible, permissible. but not all things are beneficial in a marriage those are the two things that are sure. You will not get a sexually transmitted disease if you're mm -hmm. only sleeping with Unless the you one person. One already. Well, from like if you had AIDS at birth. Right. Right. But other than that, that's pretty rare. Well, it's in not rare some unless you came from a family that. Right. You know, you know had what I mean. Problem. And and no pregnancies. I mean, I wouldn't say unwanted pregnancies because I've had a couple of those. But, <laughs> <laughs> wow. but I'm saying... They are wanted now. They're wanted now. She <laughs> loves all her children. The, the kids were wanted. The pregnancies were not. <laughs> but, There's a big anyway, difference. <laughs> there is a big difference. Anyways, in a, more, in a more secure environment, I wouldn't say it's always the same because it is case by case. There's right. obviously some marriages that even if the people are faithful to one another and there is a pregnancy that's unwanted, sometimes right. that is not, not a stable perfect. situation. Right. It's never perfect. So disclaimer, I'm not saying they're all perfect. I'm mm -hmm. just saying those are my two observations. Well, there must be a reason for it if these things aren't inherited in marriage yeah. when they are outside of marriage. I think that's how we are supposed to look at the things that God tells us to do like i think a lot of times we look at it as laws and it's like oh we have to follow all these rules when i tend to think that god is just laying out some like here's how to have i'm giving you some pointers and ways to have a good life mm -hmm. and to avoid maybe some some stress that isn't unnecessary and some pain that isn't because life is going to be hard no matter what mm -hmm. so here's some pointers on how to maybe not have so much of it oh and fun fact when we were thinking about talking about this, I had been um, trying to do some research. I got sidetracked. But when I Googled fornication, oh, God. oh gosh, other than the definition of fornication, you didn't click on images, any right? article that came up was adultery. Hmm. Any Bible verse that came up was adultery. It wasn't fornication. It was all adultery. Fun fact. Maybe that was just my Google search, but I, th I found it interesting hmm. that those two things are very... Connected. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Hand gestures. Sorry. <laughs> you can't see that. 
Um, well, I mean, for like the definition of fornication was sex outside of marriage, adultery, blah blah blah. It was like a like a few things. Mm. So, sex outside of marriage can it can okay. be, I guess. Um, fornication is like an adultery is more cheating. Yeah, marriage, yeah, right? in marriage, but either way, it's sex outside of marriage. Right. So I guess it just kind of was the same. Fornication includes. Adultery, yeah, yeah, but adultery does not. I just encompass thought, but after that, after that definition, you know how it sounds you like know some kind of SAT question. You know how fornication you Google is a word. To adultery as <laughs> yeah. but when you Google a word and the definition comes, yeah. it's like the first thing that comes up is right. the definition, or like a little blurb about it in like a box, and then underneath that is all like articles and things mm-hmm. about those things. It was all adultery. Mm-hmm. None of it even said fornication. I was like, mm-hmm. maybe my phone is glitchy. I'll try it again. Mm-hmm. Still came up. All of it was adultery, wow. which is, you know, mm-hmm. what <laughs> as Pete said this morning, top 10. <laughs> top 10 things to avoid. <laughs> yeah, top 10 things to avoid. Not and beneficial. Not beneficial. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. not a deal breaker. So what's number one? God still breaker. loves you. He does. I still love you. What's number one? <laughs> Isn't it put no other God before? I, I, uh, I was joking. Oh, okay. I thought you were serious. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're talking about the Ten Commandments, people. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. One of the other questions that um, was asked that I found very interesting was in a religious relationship where it's been drilled that premarital sex is bad, how do you find a new normal after you do choose to have sex with your significant other? Time. Mm. In marriage or out- outside of marriage? So like if you both... No. So scenario, Wait, guy and girl are dating for a long time. They're in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. They do plan on getting married one day, but they they don't want to have sex because it's been told to them. You do not, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And then they actually do it for a long period of time. How do they find, like, Is that the what? Question? Yeah, like that's the scenario. I thought it was after you get married. married. No. How do you, how do you no, adjust? I, no, when you're okay. not married. Okay. So, I heard so else. An, an unmarried, an, uh-huh. an unmarried yeah. Christian couple yes. is like having how do you sex return okay. back? after they've been told their entire lives that it's wrong. Right. But they've already started having sex. So then, what's what do they do? What is normal after that? Like, how do they find? How do know. they find? I totally miss her. That a health, healthy relationship after that. Hmm. So yeah. I thought. I, I thought the question was that like after it being so taboo for so long for the whole your whole life right. then you get married right and then it's like well okay, so it's not wrong that anymore. is another question right. yeah. that we does need to be addressed because i have known some people mm-hmm. I think and it is I very that difficult was the for them yeah. because if because you've been drilled that it's really bad answer. if mm-hmm. you your whole life and then you get married and it's okay to have sex then it's like wait this is wrong no it's not yes it is no it's not yeah. yes it is it's difficult mm-hmm. to get comfortable enough with your sexuality right it's like a whole whole unhealthy sexuality that people don't talk about right and then and it causes uh, problems in marriages like, i've i've had friends who have actually gotten divorced because of that mm-hmm. and it's very sad speaking from somebody who's not married I, mm-hmm. and and um you know i just i think that it's i've always been told communication in a relationship is extremely important and mm-hmm. i think that a part of the answer to that part where after you get married how do you get okay with that? I think part of that stems from, hey, make sure you're communicating now because I don't think it's wrong to be open and mm-hmm. say, listen, like, just know, like, 
just be communicative communicative like you're already trying to communicate about like how you feel and your emotions and everything don't feel like it's taboo to not talk about it because especially if you know you're going to get married mm-hmm. and you know that's where this relationship is going and you are both on the same boat and you know you haven't you don't feel anything else and you're coming up to that road don't be afraid it's don't be afraid to talk about it don't act on it you know but don't be afraid to talk about it because like you said, once you get into it and you don't talk about it, you're kind of just going in like, ah. Okay. When you're talking mm-hmm. about it, you you're have really going to want to act on well, it the that, more you it, talk about you it. Have to be, you have to right? Be, okay, you have to be very careful. This is very cautious. <laughs> I think it's a tricky subject um, for people who want to, who are really working towards staying pure. I don't, I'm not saying virgin. I'm just mm-hmm. saying they want to stay pure. They want to respect their person mm-hmm. and and protect boundaries that you guys have set together so it's kind of like that that's it's hard i'm not i mean pun intended <laughs> <laughs> i was holding back <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no it is it's a tricky situation but i mean honestly like brendan and i had a very short engagement but i know people who have very long mm-hmm. engagements and long relationships before they get married and I'm sure it's like much harder. So I really can't even. I can't oh, imagine. I can't imagine. I would. No. no, totally. We're doing it. Yep. We're probably going to live together too because might as well just go for it. Yep. Yeah. So. We were only engaged for a year because Pastor Pete and Martha were like, you don't want to burn. And you don't want to burn. burn. And yeah, there, were, there were many discussions about let's just go to the courthouse right now and then we don't have to worry about it. I actually, yeah. I do. I have a friend who they, they were not um, Christians. They didn't go to church. They were living together, dating. And. Or engaged. I think they may have been engaged, and they were living together. And then they went to started going to church together, and were like, "Oh wait, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this." So they, if they had told their family that they were going to go ahead and elope for righteousness' sake, mm-hmm. um, their parents wouldn't pay for a wedding, and it would be like an ordeal. Like the whole family would be like shamed or whatever. Oh wow! So they went ahead and eloped secretly, so that they could live together. Oh my gosh! And then had the wedding six months later like the the real wedding six months later so it they Aww. they their family i think to this day still doesn't know that they really? got married six months before <laughs> let's not mention names no but i think i i think that's kind of cool like they went ahead and they're like cool. we're gonna get married we already live together mm-hmm. let's well, go ahead and elope yeah because we feel like this is right for us in the sight of god you know right. like in the eyes of god we're gonna do what's right so mm. they um, they eloped. I don't think they even just went to the courthouse. I think they did have their pastor marry them, but then they had the wedding six months later. I mean, I think dad paid for it. When you know, <laughs> yeah. when you know you're gonna be with someone, and they're the one you want to marry, then it's kind of like, why, why wait? I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there's there's decisions and wisdom and making. You know, everyone wants to save money and stuff, and it's, you want to get it all right, uh, but it's, it's never it's gonna tr- be that's right. That's a trick, though, because I think it is people, trick. the American culture makes you think that you have to have this humongous wedding and everybody has to be pleased and everybody's got to get invited and, and it Italian prolongs culture, yes. everything mm-hmm. it prolongs all of the good stuff mm-hmm. Gabe would you like to say something yeah, this? I would, I would. <laughs> no we're not going to get elope we're going to have a wedding everybody's I'll marry you right hey, now you we'll guys get... are his, you're Hispanic you can right. elope well no can we get their parents approval right so now just thinking about the uh, wedding list in the future kind of makes me want to elope she, tell, she tells me I that know, I should right? stop Wait, making I'm friends Nice. We can so, do it yeah. right now. Yes. You got to renew your notary, by the way. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> Never mind. I did that. Um, Listen, I still live at home, so we can't do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
My parents <laughs> lived at their parents' house when they were married. Just saying. Uh, Anyways, that's not fun. Yeah, I don't I recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. It's awkward. I don't no. need that. I'm yeah. not going for that, so don't worry. Not all things are beneficial. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but not beneficial. <laughs> Anyways, no, uh, I think that it's because we're on that boat where it's not, we met really young. Like, we started mm-hmm. dating. I was mm-hmm. 18. She's 16. And we're still dating. It'll be four years in April. So it's been a, a mm-hmm. long time. So you, when you're in that situation where... And you're not engaged yet for some odd reason. Yeah. Thanks, David. <laughs> Anyways. We'll let that one go. <laughs> yeah. Let's let that one go, bro. Come on. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no shame. No, there's no shame. No shame. <laughs> this but I think that there is, like, there's certain, there's, circum, uh, there's certain situations and circumstances that it's hard. Because, you know, school and life. Now, I do believe those can become excuses. And you shouldn't. Like, that's why, you know, you got to have a plan and be communicating like she knows yeah. that I'm already we went and shop for ring sizes I know what kind of diamond she wants I know what kind of ring she wants so it's really just now it's on me which is it's okay because I've got <laughs> anyways I'm not going to spoil anything but <laughs> you can go to my podcast and spoiler stuff for that episode yeah I know you do um, but, uh, but yeah I think that it's it's hard and there's a misconception of it needs to be this it needs to be that it needs to be that don't let anybody tell you what it is that you have to do. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an expensive ring. It doesn't have to be an elaborate wedding. It yep. doesn't have to be anything but two people that love each other coming together. And those are the most genuine. I've been to weddings where they're the most elaborate things and it is the most unsatisfying and the s- kind of like least loving re- like representation of love. And that's what the marriage is. Oh, I thought you were going to say the wedding was unsatisfying to you. And I was like, I don't think it was about you. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, and then I see those relationships. Some of them are great. Some of them didn't end so well. And it's like, that's why for me, I've my dad. First thing he said, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Forget what society mm-hmm. says. Yeah, you do what's right for you. Yeah, and that's why I love my right. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the questions is, um, what's a good way to cool off when you're in a serious relationship and don't want to compromise boundaries? Ooh. <laughs> Uh, oh. We haven't had to there do this in a ain't while. No way, so. <laughs> you're gonna burn. It's hard. Saying, I don't hard. know. That, I don't know that I figured that one out. I definitely and so many people oh, will be like, "Oh, you need to go take a cold shower." No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and actually, when, when we were having this conversation, one of the girls, Break up. one of the girls says, "Yeah, um, my friend was told to go take a cold shower, and her boyfriend jumped in there with her." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> that cold shower got steamy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh. So no, I think. But you know what? I think that that's. I no, I think that's another. That's another problem is though when people are asked that and they're told like, oh, just don't do it. You know, just don't. And it's kind of like, "Mm, Um, okay, okay. all right. (laughs) I'm not going to talk to you about it anymore. Or saying that those desires are wrong. Those desires are not wrong. Those are very natural. They're very normal, Mm -hmm. and they're okay. Very healthy. Yes. But. If you have I'm just somebody, you know, it's not going to be holding you accountable. Then you got to talk to them about it as soon as possible. Well, but that's where the communication. Outside of that, like yeah, you were saying, yeah, that's why I also, have oh, on do you remember? We all have a mutual friend. <laughs> I, back, I don't bro. know if she listens. I won't mention her name, but her and her fiance before they got married, um, boyfriend, whatever, before they got married, their rule was to keep their feet on the floor. 
Oh. Do you remember? <laughs> yep. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, so obviously we can, since we've already had sex, we can think of a lot of ways to do it with your feet on the floor. So many <laughs> ways. But when you're not in that comfortable relationship with someone, that would make it very tricky. Yeah, that's so a good restriction. That actually, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, right. It's so interesting. It, I don't it know becomes, if I could do it, but that's interesting it, to me. As it's a boundary when you're pre, premarital and then postmarital, it's a challenge. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, challenge um, accepted. You know, but what I think it right. really is, as many is, ways as possible. it's more of a distraction because if that's, <laughs> that's your role. That's what I call pregnancy sex. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I missed that one. He's I wish there was a blushing. video camera right here right now. I have a fever, that's all. <laughs> so we turn the air on? We're live streaming the next one. It's a little hot one. here. Uh, yeah. I hope we're not like violating Gabe and Ashley. <laughs> oh, please. They've, they've hung out with all of us before. They're right. used to this. I think I, I, yeah. I should become your guys' friends if I didn't want to be that. Yep, it's true. We wanted open conversations. Yeah. Here they are. Yes, hot. They are. Do you want to? <laughs> I am. Warm I think I'm here. getting flustered. <laughs> so I've had a thought too. Is like, when are a man and woman like? What is the moment in time when they are joined in union? Because mm, that's a good question. Because mm. you don't always get the state paper mm -hmm. right away, or, um, you know, yeah, circumstances being what they are. You know, going to the courthouse. Mm -hmm. That's obviously not god in the courthouse right like so, we didn't we we had our ceremony and then signed our legal documents oh, we, yeah. we got our certificate at rick case honda we did yeah, too we did. <laughs> yeah they the they gave you, this you a honda so too and you could get a haircut too yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> they do it all over case when my oh sister my, my sister was getting married last year and uh is that the wedding I recorded? Yes. And uh, and she wasn't going to get legally married in the U.S. initially. So they were going to have the ceremony. And some family members had issue with them not being legally married. And so I was joking around with everybody that they were going on their honeymoon cruises, their fornication cruise. Because, oh, because they weren't actually. Wow. They weren't actually. Yeah. But it's like it brings up an interesting question is like, Obviously, the paperwork isn't what defines the marriage. Yeah, no, I think it's after you vow. Marriage. After you yeah, vow. Yeah, but isn't it like historically? But can you vow between yourselves? And I, is that worth I, anything? And I think so. I so, think it's worth something. It's a very blurry line. Yeah. So. I mean, I, the historically, though, it isn't like sex kind of seals the deal. Yeah. Remember, the like, consummation. Well, yeah, because right. you can get an, you sure. can get an annul annulment if you can. But I'm saying the question is, like, at what point can you consider yourselves one to then be comfortable to get into the sex part and not feel like you're violating or mm. sitting in that kind of way? I don't know. I guess when that well. cherry's popped, the deal's <laughs> sealed. The deal's sealed. I think if your belief, if you believe, it's all about what you believe. If you believe the word of God and what it says, then you follow it. Right. But, but does that mean that you have to have a, or a minister in front of you saying you are now married? Or I don't can think you so. join your hearts together before that even? Like well, just yourselves? Right. Just amongst yourselves. Um, well, where well, did we get all that? Yeah, I think, Is that I think that's. Anywhere? No. Yeah. I think that's probably. Uh, I don't know. Um, cultural. Cultural. Um, because obviously it's between you and God. Yeah. And so right, right. Mm -hmm. really it's it's not a paper from the state. It's yeah, because I mean, when you think about it, if, if two people were stranded on an island and they wanted to be married and joined as one, then 
they they're out of luck yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> sorry kids no and they make the commitment to one do that of them to has to become there. ordained obviously i mean yeah. god is with uh. us so it's not it doesn't matter if there's a minister there or not that's just kind mm-hmm. of a cultural thing we just that's what we do historically that's what everybody's done so that's what that's we do interesting though yeah i mean it is a heart I think it's more of a hard issue. But that's the thing. That's what I always say with um, even premarital sex. It's it is a heart thing. Mm -hmm. If you don't know your heart, then don't be having sex with anybody because you don't even know yourself yet. And what teenager knows that? I think that's. And what what teenager knows that? What teenager knows themselves so confidently that they're like, I can. Yeah, I'm in a secure, committed relationship, and I can do this. I just I read. I would be that teenager. (laughs) I opened up a time capsule that we did with the youth group last year, and I opened up the letter that I read. And um, I wrote and I read it and it said one of the things that I wanted myself to accomplish in 2017 was to figure Big Gabe out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who that guy is. No. And I was like, that was deep. But I'm like, I'm 20, I'm 20, turning 23 this year. I was 22 last year. And it's like, I'm still trying to figure me out. That's so the thing. That's I like, still yeah, trying no, to figure I would say that too. Out, I don't 34. feel like I really even kind of knew myself until 10 years into marriage. 10 years into marriage and I kind of was like oh I'm figuring out this is serious Mm -hmm. like this is even sex like people I mean people can make it seem like oh it's no big deal it just feels good you're just doing something sex is sex there's no commitment there's no connection no like Mm -hmm. it is actually a very big deal yeah but it's it's not spiritual but I don't mean it like I don't mean sex outside of marriage is a big deal or sex inside of marriage is a big deal it's all just just a big deal sex is if sex is you I don't it's it's a spiritual it is it's like the most experience. intimate part Joining of yourself of yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. go, do you I, really want to throw that around people as I get probably home, not I, I kind of thought about no. it this way and somebody kind of put it to me this way which is what really helped me to slow down a lot when I was younger was they said you know you, you have your heart and every time you do something whether it be sex whether it be whatever it is physically emotionally relation whatever it is across that whole umbrella of love and what that means you're giving a part of yourself away to whatever it was, whether it be a one night stand to that committed relationship, you're giving pieces of myself away. And it's like, not that that makes you undamaged or anything, but that that you you're leaving something there. Like, you know what I mean? Like no matter what you're doing, you're giving some part away. So it was like, for me, it was like, well, I don't want to give me away to anybody. And obviously that doesn't mean like you're damaged if you give some of your stuff away, but it's like, it's serious. You know, you gotta like, you gotta be cautious because you don't want to just, open yourself up to whatever Mm -hmm. and just get hurt at the end of it yeah i would think that anyone that says that sex is not a spiritual connection with another human being is full of it Mm -hmm. because it is even even if you even if you don't even know the person and you're like oh no it's just you know one night stand whatever there's a connection there that lasts and that disturbs you because it's not right Mm -hmm. within yourself Mm-hmm. And between your relationship with God, but do you think people just become kind of numb, like people who sleep around? A oh, lot, they just well, become numb and I to even think feeling? not even their own, not even of their own doing, become numb to it. I think people have been hurt. I mean, even somebody who's just been sexually abused so much that doesn't seem like a thing to them. Like it's just like mm. eh, whatever, because right. they are numb to it. Right. But I think that those people are hurting. Well, it's hard. It would be hard. Maybe they don't want to admit it. It'd be hard to view sex in like a spiritual, wonderful way way Mm -hmm. when you're molested. Right, right. When it hasn't been experienced. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that's where 
we need to learn how to have a little more grace and not have it so yes. not everything is so black and white and so like just don't do it right you know mm-hmm. that's where the conversations and the relationships have to happen because if someone walks in your church or whatever in your life <clears throat> and is struggling with that you you know you have to have I the just grace. thought about it. the purity movement was along the same time as like dare just say no because it was you know the same thing no drugs. drugs you know that easy. Oh, right. You have to think either. about what was happening right. the culture at the time, too. Like, there was a big AIDS epidemic in yep. the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I think it all plays in together. And I'd have to do more research, because, it, but it would be interesting to see, like, how all of the things that are happening in our society and our culture kind of fed into the purity mm-hmm. movement and even the, the dare thing and all that kind of stuff. Which but takes me back to what I said in the beginning, where the church now more than ever needs to be really have conversations because... It's like it went to the other extreme where Mm -hmm. because everybody was so hush hush or taboo about it, it's like blown up way out of proportion where if we would have done this from the beginning, we could have helped a lot more people, Christian or non-Christian. Yeah. It's like, you know, well, I think people are ultimately looking for connections Mm -hmm. and connections with other humans. And I think that can get very, um, yeah, messy and blurred and just like lack of understanding and if we're not talking about sexuality in a healthy way then that just makes it worse yeah. like mm-hmm. that makes those connections even more unattainable mm-hmm. along those so, lines then do we have any resources that we would recommend um honestly i kiss dating goodbye no <laughs> no hasn't that guy come no, back with honestly, a book any, saying he was wrong yeah any <laughs> any resources that i would recommend aren't even about sexuality it's about just knowing yourself and getting healing for yourself in every area and mm-hmm. then the sexual health kind of develops mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that um and it's this kind of which is kind of the answer i have to um the question that when you're in a religious relationship and you've set the boundary to not have sex because you've been told not to Mm -hmm. and you go ahead and do it anyways and you know you're doing something wrong because you told it was wrong Mm -hmm. um what to do in that situation and this is my answer to that question Mm -hmm. because i know i know people who are they're Christians, mm-hmm. practicing Christians. They are active in their communities and churches. And they're not married and they've slept together or, or are sleeping together. And sometimes they don't think that that is, they're like, why? Why not? We've already done it. So why not just keep doing it together? And my answer to that is not just quit having sex because mm-hmm. that's not a good enough answer. My answer to that would be, and you guys can jump in if you want on this answer (laughs) my answer would be to really like do some soul searching and figure out um figure out why that needs to be a thing in your relationship or if you think well we're going to get married anyways go ahead and start some premarital counseling because that's always a good idea premarital counseling we did step one was move out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> even even like you couldn't even start it doing some practice yeah even doing some practices moving you in the right direction mm-hmm. that are in in a in a safer healthier direction right that's what i would suggest and just getting married is not gonna no 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 no. Solve no, no because sometimes that's not the answer sometimes those people shouldn't get married <laughs> right 
So, because a lot of, I mean, Agreed. like, I, gosh, I think I was even told that, oh, if you're going to have sex, just go ahead and get married. That would have been devastating. Yes. Can I tell you, I received the best advice when I found out I was pregnant and, and, and Pastor Pete told us, you don't have to get married just because you're pregnant. Yeah. Because it could be worse for the yeah. child. What so. a relief. Good advice. <laughs> Life changing. From a pastor. I know. And I'll tell you what, it really, that was my first experience with grace in the church in the face of premarital sex Mm -hmm. and coming out pregnant and not being married. Well, you have a story about the opposite reaction that you've witnessed. Oh, when I was younger. Yeah. The church I grew up in, there was a teenager who got pregnant. And so she, the church threw her baby shower and the pastor's wife said, listen, just because we're throwing her baby shower does not mean that we This approve. is in the middle of the party, right? In the middle of the party, yeah. Right before oh. they cut the cake. In front oh of, my God. Oh sorry, in front of everybody. This girl's a teenager. And she said, this doesn't mean that me or the pastor condone this. We don't approve of this. Um, we think this is a sin. So, um, oh but we're just doing this, you know, just to help you out with presents and stuff. Oh and that was God. me as a little girl Sick seeing Lord. this. So There's a time and place. Exactly. Um, so experiencing the grace that I experienced and the love I experienced when I found out I was pregnant opened my world up, opened my heart up to realize how important grace is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just how important it is to preach love yeah. in those situations. Yeah. So yeah, pro-grace. Well, most pro-grace. of the time, yeah, people, yeah, that's a good one. people don't need to be told when they've sinned. They know. They know. They know. So yeah. saying it again over and over doesn't really do much. At a party. That makes them, that makes party them a little shy away from you. It, it, and if they don't know and you're not one of their close people that they rely on, don't need to tell them either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it all comes from relationship because, you know, when somebody's coming to you and they say this, they're coming in confidence. And for you to come right. at them back with, oh, that's a sin. And here's where in the... Like, no. Duh, that's why I'm coming to well, you. that's why I'm coming <laughs> to you because I feel like crap. And I don't know why, because sometimes they might not be a believer. I've had mm-hmm. people come to me and say, why do I feel like crap? Or they are, and they're like, I think God hates me. Or am I even a Christian anymore? And there's so many more underlying problems that about you just saying, oh, that's a sin, and you're a sinner. And it, they don't need that. Yeah, you need, you need I, a love. I had a, grace. for instance, that I, I will try not to give too many details about, but there was a young girl who was not married, and she became pregnant. And she came to me and told me that she was pregnant, and all she was looking for, all she really, really needed, and I sensed it, all she needed was to be told she was going to be okay. Hmm. So that's what I did. I gave her a hug and told her she was going to be okay. And there were some other people that knew her, and they were like, well, did you tell her, like, this is wrong and it's a sin? I'm like, I didn't feel like that was necessary. I feel like she just needed to be loved. Hmm. So that's what I did. I'll let God sort out the rest. And I think that's what more Christians need to do. I'm not like tooting my own horn, but I think that's, that is a problem. And it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a huge problem in the Christian culture Mm -hmm. that needs to be changed. So, well, that's what Jesus did. Right. I mean, when he. I kind of have a feeling that they just need to be loved. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe we should do what Jesus did. I mean, whenever the religious people would say, yo, what about like when the prostitute. Aren't you going to point it out? Then he would say, what did he say? He'd say, what did you sin, do? cast the first stone. So right. it's kind of like. It's almost like Christian means be Christ-like or something. Wow. What? Yes. It actually means. Wow. It actually means little Christs. Mind blown. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
You guys are weird. <laughs> That's <laughs> why y'all love us. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so another question we can hit. Um, okay, is there any marital sex act? So not premarital, when you're already married, is there anything in marriage that is a sin sexually? I have a fun story. Oh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to censor this story? Oh Is this a personal story? You never story? know what's going to come out of his I'm mouth. I'm a little when he's scared like right now. Uh, Brian, Pete, and I were sitting in the sound booth a few oh, years back. Oh, oh, no. oh, I remember this. And the message uh, being preached was very um, PG-13 rated in the terms of sex. And this guy walks over to the sound booth where we're sitting. And he leans over and he sees that Pete is, you know, sitting in the booth. So he's like, oh, yeah. So this means that when my wife tells me that we're not supposed to have backdoor action, that she's wrong, right? And (laughs) poor Brian, he's a teenager. And I was like, what the heck, dude? Like, (laughs) right now? You're going to borrow this right now? In the middle of church service. service. Uh, So, anyways. That's so funny. So, what answer would you give him in that moment? Are you, are you oh, well, it's, first of all, first <laughs> yes, of all, yeah, if well, his yeah. wife isn't consenting, then uh, yeah, that's, that's not right. Exactly. <laughs> Don't eat. So I'd say anything in marriage, if it's consensual, it's go. Yeah. But there's not. But. It, but there's a but. If not, if it includes a third party, right? Or fourth. Or, or fourth or fifth or sixth. Yes. Um, <laughs> just because that's not a good idea. No. That is that's dangerous. Very dangerous. Health wise <laughs> and otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of reasons. Why I'd say, yeah. Because sex should be just between, you yeah. know, husband and wife and what, right. what but each yeah, I'd say whatever person yeah, agrees to. Like, yeah. Everything's well. permissible as long as the other person agrees. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stop doing the hand gestures. <laughs> I can't. It's funny. Yeah. It's a good thing we're not on video. It doesn't have to be rated R video. David, so I, that. No, but that kind of goes back I'm to actually the, in. That kind of goes back to the the one we were talking about with like people who have been it's been drilled into them that sex is wrong. And then when they get married and they're like, this is wrong, even just like a just like a really normal (laughs) vanilla sex is wrong. How can you even like explore other things? Right. You know, that's uncomfortable for the person when it's been just drilled drilled into into them. them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended again. All oh, these puns, they just keep coming. Oh, this is oh. <laughs> I love this topic We are going so to lose much. so many listeners. Or we're going to gain oh, them. Okay. Okay. I'm, like I said it before, this is going be to be our highest rated podcast. Yes. And people are uncomfortable And people are afraid that I'm going to be the one making all the I bad know. jokes. David, I'm so proud wait. of you. You haven't gotten it's too raunchy. I, I haven't a, tried. We're trying not to be vulgar here, but it's I'm not holding back. You just beat me to it. I have a friend of mine who is... Along those lines about what's permissible, who's not saved, um, and she said, "Listen, not saved. You mean not religious? Not, right? not religious at all. Um, doesn't go to church. Wasn't grow. Didn't grow up in the church. Gotcha. And so she goes, you know, you're Christian. What do you feel about anal sex? And you can edit this part out if you want, please. <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm just telling you along the lines of permissible. <laughs> We're waiting for it. <laughs> we already talked about backdoor action. And it's basically what we just, said. yeah." And I told her, you know, as long as both people feel comfortable with it, mm-hmm. 
and it's within the bounds boundaries of marriage between just a husband and wife Mm -hmm. and she was so shocked because she thought that sex was just boring between christians like oh well i think a lot of times it is it probably is with with a lot of people i i would think so i don't know i heard that christians actually have the most sex have like the best sex lives with each other when they when surveyed that doesn't really count surveyed from who chick-fil-a christians are great christians are awesome a chick-fil-a sandwich ranks slightly beneath (laughs) sex with your wife actually actually since um valentine's day is coming up and i know we're gonna have to post this soon but um since i'm sorry since um we got three days 50 shades of gray i think it's the last one is coming out this week correct and so that one kept up with my 50 shades of gray i mean i don't know what that's classified under i mean i don't i don't watch it i just live it (laughs) no (laughs) one of the one of the questions that i've heard it wasn't one of the the kids asked us um this this afternoon but one of the questions that i've heard is what about pornography in marriage if that's Mm -hmm. like a thing that you guys like to do together Mm -hmm. is that wrong or not i don't know but personally i would say that that's a third party Mm mm-hmm even though it's kind of inanimate it's still a I third agree. party it's still a third party because there's still other people you're watching and maybe creating some kind of sexual feelings towards i think that that would okay just this is personally for yeah. me that would mentally be damaging i agree yeah. um so even though there's not the repercussions of like sexually transmitted diseases or unwanted pregnancies from a third party or whatever there's still that like mental competition well, yeah. So for me, I question: Why do you need it? Right, right. So I maybe that would be gray area. I don't know. But for me, maybe for discovery purposes, for other people that might be gray area. For me, I would say no. That's off the table. I could That would hurt my heart. I mean, if you think about a a Karma Sutra book, is you know can be considered pornography, but it's educational too. So true. There's there's a little bit of, you know, I think. You know, it goes back to open communication Mm -hmm. and consent uh, between the two to say, okay, this is, we're going to do this together and we're going to learn together and close the book on it. And you know what? I've actually, I've had friends that are cool with that and they're cool with their husbands watching porn regularly or themselves watching porn with their husbands regularly. Honestly, I should probably pick their brains because I just kind of want to know, like, how are you okay with that? Why are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Like, just, I just, for Out information. Curiosity. Yeah. Out of curiosity. Yeah. What makes you okay with that? Right. Because I certainly am not a confident enough woman to be mm-hmm. okay with that. Right. And Same-sies. I Yeah. <laughs> Same-sies. Same-sies. I don't think it goes to confidence. I personally, I'm not married. I haven't had sex. I'm a virgin. Um, all that okay. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> all that stuff. But... I will. I would be lying to to the face if I did not say that I had not had my struggles with pornography. It's very common now, and I think that as a young man, having had watched that and having watched it so early, it was so damaging to me what sex was, and just not even in a marriage. That now that I know more on the you know the sanctity, the 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 the, the spiritualness, the sacredness, the like all that's all those the Christiany stuff that people say about marriage. And how it's not just garbage that people try shoving down your throat. It's real. Like, I, I, I understand that and I respect it so much more that I would never want to taint that by throwing that in the mix. Because I feel like, one, in my opinion, personally, I feel like as a man, if you 
need that in any reason before you can have any kind of relations with your wife, I ha- I question how much love you have for her because she's your. I think for me, like you shouldn't need anything for you to want to have that with your partner. Mm-hmm. I think that that's part of making that commitment, and I'm going to love you and you alone, nobody else, because you're making love to that person on that screen. I I don't think that I would question his love for mm-hmm. her. I think that I would question his um his sexuality um or his his sexual health within himself like his 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 confidence within himself i could see that as well because i I feel like a lot of times um men who are in committed relationships who have a problem with pornography is because of the shame that they already have not not the shame that comes from looking at pornography or watching pornography but the shame that they already have that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. right, right, because a lot of times it could be it could just be a coping mechanism, right, uh, yeah, and, and I, right. Or and an actually, I was talking about this because I have a friend. Man, we're mentioning a lot of friends without mentioning names. Sorry, <laughs> I have a friend <laughs> who went through popular. who went through a very serious trauma, and the way that she coped with that trauma, sex was her drug of choice. Mm-hmm. She had many, many, many one night stands and affairs, and cheated on her husband numerous times because sex was her drug of choice it Mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't substance it was sex right and so i think that it's the same way with men when they're dealing with something with their when they're dealing with an identity crisis even that could be their drug of choice pornography Mm. i just think it kind of leads down a slippery slope right yeah i just i um to where it's a kind of don't i wouldn't question his love want to even step foot in because that can go south super quick right because it's already so mentally damaging. Um, and I don't know, that for me, it's just, I guess coming from a, a place where I have I had struggles with porn mm-hmm. before my relationship with Ashley, and I had it now, and we, we had it cross those roads, and, you know, I just know how much damage it can cause, and the, mm-hmm. the, the crappiness, the shittiness you feel when you feel like, you just feel like shit. You feel yeah. like mm-hmm. I... I felt like, you know, I cheated on somebody that I had professed my love to so much. And I I just can't see how that is acceptable in a marriage where mm, I see what that, you're saying. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I feel like you're just cheating or it's a third party or whatever. And if you're trying to be in a relationship that is biblical, where it's between man and wife, that's pretty much adding a third, fourth, fifth, sixth member. Because at the end of the day, you're you're having sex with that person there. You're needing that to stimulate something. You're needing mm. that. And that for me is just, oh, I, yeah. I, I have heard, that. I have heard there was, um, I can't even remember who it was, but they couldn't have sex with their girlfriends without mm. looking at pornography. It just right. wouldn't, it didn't mm. work anymore. I think and it's common. Yeah. So yeah. And that's just heartbreaking common. to me. That's why I think the church needs to be more, right. not so taboo with it because this is where the men of this generation are, are coming from. This is the, right. this is their alternative. Mm. And that is why for me, as a young man who's gone through that, the last thing I'm going to do is try and shame that person because mm-hmm. they need to right. know that, listen, your your desires are normal. You are not, do not be ashamed. And I can only say that by the grace that I received from the church, mm-hmm. but that's the damage the church is causing by not showing that pro grace yeah. is the fact that you're going to have a generation of men and you already see it now that that is what they need. I have that a question. The, yes. Mm. All right, okay, so for for you guys, men, um, do you feel like that, um, men in the church, other Christian men talk openly enough 
about their struggles with porno- their current struggles with pornography or do you feel like they mostly mention it and talk about it as something that they have struggled with in the past as if it does not exist any longer mm. b that is a good okay go so <laughs> would yeah. you agree brendan yes okay so unanimous mm. in mm. this circle so do you think it would be more beneficial if the men in the church would say this is a problem that's still current it is going on right now and it is still a problem maybe sometimes it's worse than other times would you think that that would be more beneficial to your own species battle with it (laughs) i think that it comes from because i have been um this is not a two i've been porn free for a while now very like I'm, and I'm. It's something that I thank God for because it's helping. Porn sober. Porn <laughs> sober. <laughs> Congratulations. Dang. That's that's something but, to be proud no, of. And, and I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it because I had to, I had to not be ashamed of it for it to get better. Right. And that's the whole point. You know, if you don't come up and you don't say it, and even now when somebody says like it's a, I can't lie and say it's not a struggle because it's not a struggle to not jump to a lustful habit that you've been that right. you had mm-hmm. to put b- behind you right. mm-hmm. it, and, and that's the whole point of it because you fed that beast so for so long, long now right. you gotta starve Star- that beast out and then it's like I made the joke earlier again I'm not married I've not had sex but I assume that it's not very hard for a married couple that has been told not to have sex before marriage how do you have sex once you're married because that was one of the questions too I was kind of like it's like a dog that's been staring at a bone for a month that's been chained once that chain's let go it's going for it you know what I'm saying? So I think that if you give a little bit of, of room for it, it'll come and bite you. Mm-hmm. But if if you do it in an unhealthy way, I think that by men and brothers standing together, not ashamed by saying, OK, this is what I'm struggling with because I'd be a liar if I said it wasn't hard to stay away from it. That the you would see a dramatic change in the generation and the men in older generations and the generations to come because it would be something that is like sex. Don't make it a taboo. That's mm-hmm. how you're going to make it change. Mm-hmm. Right. You give that grace like Brendan and David and the, the pastors that I've spoken to and the, uh, and the other um, uh, wise counsel that I've received have treated the situation. Mm-hmm. You can come to a, 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 a time in your life where you can you have a better grasp on it. And you mm-hmm. know that through the power of God and that, that he gives you. And if you're not religious, the power that that support group gives you. Mm-hmm. That's how you're going to be able to get over it. Right. And I can and, and I can say that. Our, my relationship with Ashley has never been better because of the communication I've had with her, because of the communication I've had with my wise counsel, communication I've had with God, the communication I've had with myself. And it's it's hard. It's hard as crap, but it's so worth it because it just it is. Well, yeah. and one of the reasons why it's really worth it, um, this sounds really elementary, but I tell the college kids all the time, like you need to learn a little self-control. Because yeah. even after you're married and you're in a committed, healthy sex sexual relationship, um, those desires don't stop. You're mm-hmm. not going right. to just suddenly not become attracted to other people. Mm-hmm. You're not going to not have crushes on people. Like those things are still going to happen and you need to rein it in and like, no, okay, this isn't good for me. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. horrible detrimental consequences and I'm going to avoid those by using self-control. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the biggest benefits of abstinence is building that self-control. Mm-hmm. Really. You build the habit of self-control. You build the ha- yeah, the habit yeah. of self-control and not even with abstinence, but with anything like that. I mean, I think it's 
And self-control is difficult. The only way, like, it's really difficult to build, obviously. I mean, we well, don't live in a it, society that by has knowing, a lot of self-control. by knowing yeah. yourself and learning yourself, too. So if you're taking that time, rather than having numerous one-night stands or just indulging in any sexual fantasy that you have, you're learning yourself instead. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're developing a relationship, a spiritual relationship um with god Mm -hmm. and with yourself then you know those things and that's when it can become healthy that's where your healthy sexuality comes from right i believe Mm. yeah no i agree no yourself no yourself and the spiritual connection is fantastic fantastic (laughs) it's necessary it's necessary with anything for self-control yeah knowing yourself and having that relationship with god and and others that's the thing too that building that healthy relationship with yourself and building that healthy relationship with one significant other Mm -hmm. is forever it's ongoing it's never stops like right. brendan and i are always building a relationship with one another we get we don't we're not on cruise control since right. we got married like yeah. no that no doesn't happen. you can't you, right we you people change when they get married mm-hmm. i mean it's years years and years i mean my parents have been 40 40 years married this year Whoa. my grandparents are 50 years they're it's their second marriages but they're um 50 years Ooh, uh, congratulations so to like, them. That's long amazing. Time. Yeah. And they've had to spend that time like really knowing each other through mm-hmm. every decade of life and every stage of life. And it's always somebody new. Mm-hmm. So even though like a lot of people say like, oh my gosh, getting married, like one person forever. Like, no, it's like 20 people forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Honestly, that's I mean, we, we kind of talked about that on our last podcast. Um, yeah. What, you know when we we're talking about who you relate to least with yourself like you've been a lot of different people in your yep. life yeah yeah mm-hmm. so anyhow it's always an adventure well i think it is about time to wrap up on this one this is a good one yeah yeah it was a good one so anyways thanks for joining us everyone and we will probably be talking about this topic much much more did anybody have anything else they wanted to add a nightcap a nightcap nice. a nightcap no. Oh. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Ashley and thank Gabe. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. I'm sure you'll be I'm back again. Sweating a little bit, but it's warm in here. It's very <laughs> it warm. Really it's very warm. toasty. Could just. I think I'm blushing still. I think coming from a young guy that's not married, all everybody that's listening, however many you are, just find people that actually give a crap and love <laughs> you <laughs> because it's so easy to find pe- Christians. Uh, that don't and won't give you that grace and when you find them just run away one yeah. and, find, and run to the ones that will love you and I know it was a joke um, and I'm just gonna say it it made me laugh and, I, and it just proved to me that I have found good counsels when Janelle said you know <laughs> if you know guys if you guys were to get pregnant at any time we would love that baby love you guys <laughs> yeah. you, I won't say the other stuff but yeah. you know, there's many instances where Janelle and Brendan have been and David and Alex have been just so supportive of just Actually, dad's going to kill us. No, he's not. Joe is a wonderful man. Even though man. we haven't gotten that to that point, it's just it's comforting to know that we have a support group that will love us no matter what this relationship is. So I say again, to those of you who are dating right now and are trying to be practicing abstinence and trying to be virgins and pure and all the, the, the terms that are out there right now is just find a good support system that you can go through and you can trust. 
because mm. it'll make it I'll, it'll make four years go a lot quicker well what i what i always say i don't think you need to burn four years you just need to do focus on other things for those four years well no 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 don't get me wrong you're not i'm not burning all four years but it'll definitely make those rough times in those four years go by a little bit quicker because you know yeah you'd be lying if you didn't have those moments well and for the ones that for the ones of of you (laughs) that are listening and that know us um all we can do is hold you accountable to your own convictions. And so that's what we're going to do is just encourage you to live by your convictions, mm-hmm. um, encourage you to like know yourselves in those situations and in your relationships with anybody, mm-hmm. um, whether you're in a long-term relationship or just it's something short and fun. Um, you have to, you have to know yourself and really just live by those, those standards that you set for yourself. That's all we can do, no but we're here for you and we'll love that's you no it. matter we what. love you. <laughs> So, yep, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. The Undoing Podcast is recorded at Root Studios and engineered by Brian Boyd. For more information, visit facebook.com slash undoingpod.